This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The Golden Edge Podcast is brought to you by the DeCastroverde Law Group. Our motivation is you. Honor, loyalty, integrity. That's the legacy of our father who taught us to always be there for our community. And the reason why at DeCastroverde Law Group, we will always treat you like family and do everything for you. Call us at 702-222-9999-222-9999. Your case is our case. Your victory, our commitment. At the Verde Law Group, our motivation is you. This is Greg Olson, and I'm thrilled to introduce my new podcast, TE1. TE1 will chronicle a 60-year evolution of the tight end position, from its origins as an obscure, overlooked blocking role to the versatile superstar position that it is today. I'll explore the evolution of the position through conversations with some of the all-time game-changing tight ends. And just like the incredible tight ends we sit down with on my new show, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. This truck is all about grit, strength, and dependability. The same attributes it takes to be a tight end. fans this is the golden edge podcast the podcast where the las vegas review journal talks about hockey uh, i am ben goats one of your review journal golden knights beat writers uh joined as always by my colleague david shane but today we are also joined by some special guests to discuss the western conference final and so much more that is going on with the golden knights we have at&t sports Net broadcasters dave gosher and shane knighty guys thanks so much for uh, hopping on today Oh, it's a pleasure. Thanks for having us. Did everybody else say no, or what happened here? <laughs> we got really far down the list. I was going to say, uh, <laughs> bottom of the barrel. We checked off. Everybody was in the bubble, and yep, and there, there, you guys are left. So, well, it took Nothing you a long time. To, it took you a long time to find us. You know, this is incredible. No, we're really excited to have you guys on, and uh, like I said, go over everything that's been going on with the Golden Knights. Before we do that, I want to remind everyone that the Golden Edge podcast is sponsored by the DeCastro Verde Law Group. We are also presented by DoorDash, Sunday Ticket, and Favor, drinkafavor.com. Also, check out all of Dave Shane and I's work at thereviewjournal.com. And of course, you can also uh, rate, review, subscribe, whatever you do to podcasts. Uh, do to this one. These guys also have a podcast uh, that comes out every day, so you can check that out as well. Uh, first of all, for you guys, just how are you both doing uh, now uh, many months uh, into this pandemic? I guess better now, guys. Like, it's, uh, you know, it, it was the weirdest thing, right? You waited and waited and waited and hoped that the NHL was going to find a way to resume playing somehow, you know, and there was probably a lot of times, at least speaking for myself, right, I had my doubts as to whether they were going to be able to do it. 
but uh, full marks for everyone that's, you know, put this plan together. It, it's proof that the bubble works. Uh, you know, they've gone six straight weeks without a positive COVID test. And so it's been great to see games again, especially earlier in the playoffs. We had four or five games a day, which was fantastic. And, and now you see that, you know, the Golden Knights and their approach, uh, not, you know, during the pause and that's really paid off, you know, just how, how well they've played and, and, and how, how they've been able to kind of rise to the occasion here. When you see some other teams that were ahead of them when the pause happened, they're already done. So uh, great to see them doing well and hopefully with, uh, with uh, some better things ahead. Yeah, hockey certainly helped. This is uh, the longest period of my life I have not traveled. Uh, you know, right from when I left home a junior for 15, I've been on a hockey schedule that's uh, constantly going. I get a couple months off in the summer, but usually I'm still moving around there. This, uh, I have been in Vegas, uh, since we got back, we would, Dave and I left for a couple of days for Denver to call a game, but outside of that, I have been here. It's, uh, it's been an adjustment, but it's become the new normal. Uh, I think like Dave, I was maybe a little opposite. I, I was a little more optimistic that they could get this done. I was, I was confident we'd see hockey and maybe that's uh, the old player in me, just, you know, how special it is to play for the Stanley cup and, and to have that opportunity. I felt, you know, when the time of the pause, you, you'd played that many games. You, you want to have every opportunity you could to play for. It wasn't like they quit after 30 games. Uh, there was a lot of a grind and hard work and dedication and sacrifice put into the season to, to let it go with nobody having a chance to play for the Stanley cup. So uh, as much as I was optimistic, though, uh, nothing happens without a plan. And the NHL certainly unveiled uh, what has been a phenomenal, phenomenal plan all around. The amount of work is just in, it's incredible and kind of mind boggling to, to think of how they've been able to pull this off. Uh, the commitment from the players and, uh, you know, I really have a lot of respect for how the, the Player Association and the NHL work together. Having been in some of those meetings, not only work together to put this on, but to also uh, as they did, uh, able to hammer out a new CBA uh, extension, which uh, really credit to both sides understanding, you know, how, how the world was affected and that, you know what, this was the time that they needed them to come together. And not only to get the CBA, they got everything right in the way they did this in this 2014 uh, format, uh, how everything's, you know, been perfect. It's been safe. I think that was the number one concern. So, uh, real well, uh, great job. The only negative is, yeah, I probably have annoyed a lot of my family members with the amount of hockey I've watched. So well, normally, uh, normally in September, we're used to, you know, training camp. This is kind of when we're starting up, obviously this is the tail end. We're in the Western conference final. I'm sure the excitement's, <laughs> you know, maybe the same with you guys. What are your impressions just so far of the series? Uh, obviously one, one, and it's basically a best of five right now. Yeah, it's weird, David, to be here as we record this September night talking about the conference final. Like, it's just the strangest thing, but that's the world we're in. And, and you know, I think from the Golden Knights standpoint, they game one was was not what they were looking for. And I think it's kind of been well documented or dissected some of the reasons for it um, coming off, you know, three games and four nights, the game seven against Vancouver, whatever it might be. It just was not that's not the team we've been used to seeing. Game two was much more like we have been used to seeing, uh, where they were able to break through, finally score some goals. I think that was a huge sigh of relief for them, especially for some of their forwards that had really struggled to find the back of the net. Um, there's some other guys I still think they would like to get going. Uh, Robin Leonard, 
more timely saves. And, you know, if you think about it, he hasn't had a ton of work in his last several starts. You know, the last couple of times against games against Vancouver, he, he wasn't that busy in game two against Dallas. But you think about the, the big save he made on Matias Yanmark when it was still 2 nothing. That game gets to 2-1. to one. You don't know how it might turn out. Similar to Brock Besser and the, the save he made on him in game seven. So, uh, yeah. So it's been impressive how how they've been able to go through their whole approach, though, David. The round robin, they wanted to win that. You know, they wanted the best route possible to get to the final. They were open about it. They win the round robin. They knock off a Chicago team that's kind of in the middle of retooling. Vancouver team that's certainly on the rise and gave them all that they can handle. And now they've got, you know, a stars team that uh, is really kind of retooled how they play coming out of the pause. Yeah, I've been, I've been impressed with the level of play and, and, and Dave's exactly right. Just uh, overall and watching the hockey, you have to overcome different adversities, throw a playoff run. If you're going to go all the way, uh, you know, whether it's coming from behind in a game, uh, they hadn't been down in a series. Well, now they've done that. Uh, you know, little little parts within games, within series that you need to overcome and understand. They've certainly dealt with enough stuff from the outside as well, too. Um, a controversy, if we want to call it, and been able to handle that the right way. The best response was, uh, you know, after the biggest controversy, which we all know, uh, before the Vancouver series, they come out and answer with maybe with their most dominant performance in game one and a shutout by Leonard. So mm-hmm. to me, that speaks of how tight they are. As much as the noise you hear outside, that group in there, uh, they're together. They're committed to one another and to accomplish the goal. And yeah, this series game one, not good. I can't pull anything positive from it. Uh, as Dave said, you know, you want to use a schedule. Nobody uses excuses. It's reality. Three games, four nights, back to back, emotional. That's the reality of it. I think it was the reality for the Islanders. They traveled on their only day off before they played uh, Tampa in game one. And we know what happened, but um, the good thing is they recognized that and they responded the right way, got back to their game. And not only getting back to their game in game two, still couldn't score after the first period. But they didn't, they didn't you know, come off their game. They stuck to the game plan, which is so important. Uh, when you're not, you know, and I wasn't a goal scorer, but having played with them, the toughest thing for those guys is not to get away from the work part of it. You've got to work through it. You do the right things. You still have the good habits. Eventually, the goals will come. The skill will take over, and, and that's what happened for Vegas. So that was a that was an important win. The way they played that game, and eventually, you know, that first goal, you could see the weight just lifted from the bench, and and those guys were uh, they took it to another level, uh, and utilized the whole bench, four lines, all their D. They've used both goalies have been great. You know, Mark Andre Fleury and Robin Leonard. They mentioned not much work, but that's almost sometimes harder for a goaltender to, to stay, you know, lasered in that, okay, I haven't seen anything for five minutes. Now, all of a sudden, I got a breakaway or I got a two-on-one, uh, you know, like he did in Vancouver and, and make the big save at the right time. And uh, both goalies have come in and done their job. What's their job? To give their team a chance to win. You need goal support. They had a few games without that, but they're up against uh, an otherworldly effort from Thatcher Demko. Um and in game one, they couldn't find it. But uh, I like the way this team looks. Yeah, Shane, I was going to ask you about that. You mentioned the weight that kind of got lifted off the team's shoulders. Just how tough is it to trust it sometimes? When obviously the Knights knew they were creating scoring chances. They knew they were creating good looks late in the Vancouver series. Then game one against Dallas. And they just couldn't find a way to put the puck in the back of it. I mean, how difficult is it as a player to not grip your stick tight a little bit and still trust that if you play that right way that you're going to get scoring eventually. It's eventually going to come. 
Well, I think it's very difficult for the, for the guys that are used to, to seeing the puck go in the back of the net and, and use the key word. It's trust. It's about trust the process, trust, trust the game, trust the way we play, trust our team and our systems and how we execute it. And uh, eventually they'll come. And I think we've seen, you know, a lot of players squeezing the stick at certain times, you know, shots that normally are finding a corner or finding the crest of the goaltenders, which I think we saw a lot, even in Vancouver and then in game one. And, um, and it's not necessarily even them scoring is just the team scoring, I think elevates the confidence for these guys. Uh, you know, I think, of, you know, the two guys that I think got to break out are Jonathan Marcheseau and, and Riley Smith. Now I think it's eight games without a goal. Is that correct? Yeah. Coach? Sounds right. Yep. Yep. Uh, eight games without a goal for those two guys. And it's, it's got to come Riley Smith, the shorthanded chance. He's, he's had opportunities every game and you can see, you can see his reaction a bit, but I think now that they've, you know, I think it always weighs on you more as a goal scorer when nobody else is doing it. Hmm. Now that they've got a little bit of production, uh, you know, I think that that'll certainly help them. I think these guys are, are they're just on the cusp of breaking through and, and breaking out. But it all, it all comes down to, to that trust factor and how you need to play. And, and we saw that in game two. You know, I thought, guys, you know, the scary thing, just going back to that Vancouver series, was it's happened it happens quite often where a goalie will steal a series, literally steal a series. And, um, you know, as that seventh game went on, Shane and I were watching it together with some people. And, uh, and I, I don't know how you guys thought about this, but whenever Ryan Reeves had called for the major, I'm thinking you got to be crapping me here. There's no way this could happen two years in a row, a major to game seven. Like it can't happen. And well, they, they, they did a little better on the penalty kill this time around. You know, there was, they were probably benefited by the fact that it was broken up a bit, right? It was about a three and a half minutes to get to the end of the period and then another minute and a half. But that was, you know, as that game seven was going on and they couldn't beat Demko, uh, I felt a little better when they got through killing that major. Uh, but there was this feeling of the Golden Knights are the better team. If you put the roster side by side, they're certainly a deeper team. Right. But we've seen it happen before. Fortunately, it didn't happen, uh, you know, this time around. They were able to break through Shea Theodore's gold and a couple of empty netters, and and, and off they went from there. But, uh, boy, is that – you know, Shane and I talked about this. You know, we've seen teams have big leads in series. I think it gets lost in the shuffle last year what happened to Vegas because of what happened with game seven. They had a three-to-one lead. And yeah. with each passing game that you don't close it out, you know, that pressure gets cranked up more and more and more where, you know, this year, fortunately, they were able to break through. So we've seen two games. It looks like both teams have each been able to kind of impose their will in, in one of those games and, you know, kind of impress their style. I know Pete DeBoer was asked about that a little bit, you know, what, you know, their game looks like versus your game when you're both going well. So as the chess match kind of goes on here, what do you think is the next adjustment? What, what do we expect to see maybe going forward? Uh, for the next handful of games? I would, Dave and I were talking about this uh, actually earlier today. And, you know, I, I think a lot of the pressure is going to fall on Dallas. It, you know, they, they've won a game, but they've only scored one goal in two games. And this is a Stars team. And, and these games have probably looked more like you saw in the Stars in the regular season. If you look at the playoffs with the Flames in Colorado, that there was, there's all out scoring, goals at will. And, and how does that come? Well, they take some risk. There's added risk to your game when you play that style, and they needed to. Uh, you're not going to beat Colorado 2-1. Um, so are they more comfortable? I don't know if they're more comfortable because if Vegas can fire it up offensively, which I think that game, game two, could have been easily been not 5 nothing. 
Uh, I'll be interested to see how Dallas changes things. Uh, first off, they're going to try and win more battles. That's what they did in game one. They didn't do in game two. But if they try, I think they've got to try to strike their offense a little bit more. And, and this is what you know Ben was just saying as a team. I think if they come off it a bit and get a little bit of that risk to their game, uh, Vegas is going to have to be patient because they'll get their grade A opportunities if they play their patient game. I think they just build off what they've done. And let's not get lost in all of this. The Golden Knights, we've talked about them needing to score goals, this, that. Defensively, they've been really good. Like They haven't given up much at all for our for goals, for opportunities. They, they've been good. I think it's kind of been overlooked. So they need to make sure they have patience. They're solid structurally, defensively. Get on their forecheck. That was a you know, massive improvement in game two. That was more the team. They were quick. Uh, their, their puck support, their puck recovery in the offensive end was much better, which created more chances. Um, they won the one-on-one battles. That's the type of team that uh, I'm used to seeing Vegas, the style they play. But that's a lot of that is they were disciplined. It allowed them to roll four lines, stay fresh, get in, uh, be that type of team that can pressure. Um, but it'll be interesting what Dallas does because – you know, a lot of their guys, they're big guys, too, that need to get going. And sometimes those guys uh, aren't, aren't afraid to maybe cheat the game a touch. And, and that could benefit Vegas if, uh, if they're patient and, and stick to their game and kind of just bump it up. You try to elevate every game. And if they can elevate game three from game two's uh, template, they'll be in good shape. Yeah, a couple of things struck me, you know, in terms of Dallas, like Shane was saying, their best players. I mean, Tyler Sagan has had a point in his last six games going back to their previous series against Colorado. And you saw Jamie Ben take kind of a needless penalty in game two or I'll just follow through. He hits McNabb in the head, uh, Radulov a slashing penalty on stone, then cross checks McNabb in the face late in the game, which I think was, you know, just frustration on his part. Um, so some of their, you know, some of their better players and this plagued them at times in their last series, they kept to carry more of the weight. The other issue, and, and this is something Shane and I also discussed earlier today is their goaltending. You know, if Ben Bishop's not going to be able to play, and it doesn't look like he's, you know, unless something changes, um, I don't see that happening for Dallas. You know, Anton Hudobin's been really good for them, but I, I do think at times he can be exposed. You know, I, he's joked around where as long as he makes the last save, then, you know, he's, that's all he cares about. But, um, and I know Rick Bonus said after the game two that, you know, it was just kind of give him a break. It, it would have been a lot worse had he not. Most well hockey he's played. Yeah, he has You know, yeah. So they don't have, with the situation with Bishop, they don't really have, you know, Jake Ottinger gets in there in game two, you know, for the first time in his career, but they don't have somebody that's proven when you look at what the Golden Knights have to, to go to a net with, with Leonard and Fleury. So I think as, as the series plays out, that's something to, to keep an eye on because uh, as good as Hudobin has been, you know, we have seen there's been some cracks. And I wonder, guys, if the Stars have to reach a bit of a happy medium. They were so good defensively during the regular season. They had trouble scoring. It's been, you know, you know, wild series against Calgary, wild series against Colorado. Is there a middle ground they can reach where they can pay attention to detail defensively but still score enough to win? Like, you know, that was kind of the recipe they followed pretty much before the pause. Honor, loyalty, integrity. That's the legacy of our father who taught us to always be there for our community. And the reason why at the Castle Law Group, we will always treat you like family and do everything for you. 
Call us at 702-222-9999, 222-9999. Your case is our case. Your victory, our commitment. At the Castro Verde Law Group, our motivation is you. You've counted on restaurants. Now, they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with a new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery too. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, and your food is on its way. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget, that's code BLUEWIRE for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are coming back in the NFL. With NFLSundayTicket.tv, you can stream every live out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices, plus Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels. Never miss your favorite teams and favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE. One thing you talked about there, Dave, that I did kind of want to touch on is the Golden Knights goaltending tandem. I mean, right now, you mentioned kind of the limited options Rick Bonus has. Well, Pete DeBoer can either choose the guy who's fifth all-time in playoff save percentage or the guy who's sixth all-time in playoff wins. And I have to imagine that's a, you know, no-lose situation right now. Uh, if you're him, just what have you guys thought of kind of how he's handled the tandem so far in the playoffs? Yeah, look, you know, Ben, you can, um, and we've debated it, like should Marc-Andre Fleury play more? There have been times I felt he deserved to play some more, but, you know, to a large extent, it's not about that. Like this is about winning games, especially, right? I mean, it's always about winning, but especially right now. You know, Leonard's gone 13 and four combined between regular season and playoffs. I don't know how you don't play him. He, you know, as well as he's played for this team, it's not an easy decision to make. And that's why, you know, you need a head coach like Pete DeBoer to make those decisions. Um, a little surprised that Fleury came back in game one. I think, I think that threw some people, but when you look at the bigger picture, the quick turnaround from one series to the next, Fleury has been good in the playoffs for the most part. Um, by all accounts, and I think this, this is worth noting, and we were talking to our, our Gary Lawless had a lengthy interview um, for a written piece that's going to come out a little bit down the road with Robin Leonard over the phone the other day. And um, we were taping our podcast earlier today. And I asked Gary, what's the biggest thing that takeaway you came away from that conversation with Leonard? And he said that his relationship with Fleury is excellent. You know, on a day-to-day basis within games, in between periods, they talk compare notes. What did you see? How would you handle this? So as much as Shane kind of used the, the phrase noise earlier, and there was a lot of noise around this, this um, position 
earlier in the playoffs. And I guess there continues to be, it seems like it's died down a little bit. I think internally, I don't, it doesn't seem like it's much of an issue externally for people like us at times, it seems like it's more of an issue than it is. I think probably within that group, but what a spot they're in, how look, how they handle it down the road. I have no idea. I, but for the present time, uh, they're in a great spot with those two in that. I'm, I'm curious, Shane, for you, like as a, from the player perspective, when you have two goaltenders and you're in the locker room, maybe what is it like? How do you avoid sort of having a faction, you know, of, of guys that, that want, you know, so-and-so to play versus, you know, maybe guys that want the other guy versus everybody kind of getting behind whomever is in the net? Is, is, is that from a player perspective easy to do? Or, you know, maybe it is a little tougher. I don't know. Yeah, I know. And I have thought about this and, and I've been, certainly been in rooms like this, David. I'll tell you, I'll tell you this. There, there's always going to be guys that there's certain guys you're closer with. You get along with everybody, but there's some guys you're closer with than others. And, and you're pulling for them. Would there be some guys that maybe thought that Fleury not playing is unfair? Yeah. But would they fault Leonard? No. Ultimately, they want to win games. That's your job is to go out and win. Uh, I think I, I joked with our group before. I said, uh, I remember, remember times when I was a healthy scratch and guys would come up to me and say, oh, you know, that's not right, this or that. But they went out and played and won. I don't think they cared very much about it afterwards. That's, that's the reality of it. You're, you're paid to be a professional athlete. You're competing for the ultimate prize, the Stanley Cup. Wins are what matters. There has to be, you, you know, you take the emotional side out of it. You really do. And for all of us who have been around Vegas, one thing Pete DeBoer doesn't have is a long history with Marc-Andre Fleury. And I'm not to say that's right or wrong. That's, uh, you know, and when it came to it, you know, he believed in Fleury. He believes in Leonard. He had a plan. His job is to win games. He's going to put the guy. That's the difficult decision that a coach has is to, to put his lineup together of who he thinks should play. Like Nick Cousins is a lineup. I thought he was one of their better players, you know, early on. Yeah. But – he comes out, and in that room, I think, you know, you've got to understand, maybe it was later in my career because that was my role. I didn't play as much. Your role is just important to be part of the team. I think the Golden Knights understand that. Everybody has a piece of it. Uh, you know, whether you're in the lineup, out of the lineup, preparing. John Merrill did a great job where, you know, that's not easy to do, but he came in, played the game. Like, the preparation that goes into, you know, not being in the lineup, but when called upon, the ability to. It's pretty impressive. So it's a good group that they believe in one another. They got each other's backs. Um, and yeah, there will be decisions that maybe, uh, you know, aren't popular. But that doesn't matter when it comes down to playing the game. You're going to go out, you're going to play the game, you're going to try to win the game. And I think they have a lot of faith and a lot of confidence in both their netminders. Well, now I want to shift the focus to uh, you guys a little bit. Obviously, you guys are still oh boy. pretty busy. Like I said, you guys got a podcast. You guys do pregame shows on the Golden Knight social media channels, which I watch and I think are very good and informational, by the way. But uh, what is it like when you guys hit the point of the season and you've hit it now two of the three Golden Knight seasons where, you know, unfortunately, you're not doing the TV broadcast anymore. I have to imagine that's kind of a weird feeling for you guys. Sucks. Yeah. <laughs> well, it does. It does. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to be calling the game. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's weird, right? I, and I will tell you guys, I mean, look, I, uh, in my previous job doing the, the radio in Boston, that was, you know, that was the one, uh, probably the biggest perk of it was as, mm -hmm. as you, you were calling the games as long as the team was in it. You know, that being said, I did that for a long time and, and had the opportunity to, to call them winning a cup uh, when, when Shane was there in 2011. And then they went to the final a couple of years later. And 
you know, so I, I did have an opportunity to, to do that. Um, you know, it's odd not to do the games. And I will tell you in this scenario, you know, we all go through this pause and then the train gets going again. And we did um, two out of the three round robin games because we lost one to NBC. And then we lost another game in the next round to NBC against Chicago. So I think, Shane, we did six games total. That was it after the whole pause. So uh, it's strange, but, you know, you go into it eyes wide open. I, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Um, and it's, you know, we have, it's, there's certainly enough things for us to do, uh, to say the least. So it's, uh, does it replace not calling the games? No, it doesn't. But to be around it, to have the opportunity to do other things, stream shows, podcasts. Uh, we've even, uh, you know, started a, a daily radio show that Shane and I, along with the rest of our staff uh, on the broadcast side, are involved with as well. So there's always some other things to do. Yeah, I think Dave's right. And uh, similar for me, you know, working, I work for TSN covering the Winnipeg Jets. You know, I do TV and then I'd flip to radio actually uh, after the first round. So, you know, I'd, I'd go as long as they'd go. I never got to call as deep as uh, Dave did. Um, so it's interesting. Yeah, you want to be calling games without question. That's that's what we uh, we enjoy the most. That's what we have so much fun doing, uh, especially this team, which it's it's been incredible in just three years. We just we just passed our three year anniversary, wasn't it? The seventh day that we September started. September seventh, happy anniversary to us. Yeah, um, there's a lot of people that are too happy about it, but we yeah, well, then we're happy. <laughs> but you know what? And this just like we're doing this call. You know, with this pandemic comes. I think you, you expand the creativity. You know, we're, we're having doing everything virtually, remotely now. Uh, the power of social media, whether, you know, it's Twitch, Facebook. I don't, Twitch, I don't even know much about. We did Twitch, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. All those channels are available for us to stream stuff, whether it's our, our, the pregame show we do. And Dave mentioned doing radio. Um, you know, everybody, we have that Fortress at Home that's done by our group. Uh, Dave and I do Instagram intermissions now and post game off the Golden Knights account. So there's always something. And I think that's, that, you know, that's something you learn in times like this is, you know, there's some great ideas that come out of it of, you know, how to, how to stay with it. So any way we can stay involved is great because uh, the game's just down to four teams. Now I, I was, I liked it a lot more when they're, you know, the TV would wake up, especially being in the West and have hockey yeah. from noon on. It was great. Um, but now it's uh, it's good to be busy. Tonight's a quiet night. I'll sit down and watch that game, uh, Tampa Bay and the Islanders, and then get ready for Game Three. But uh, miss calling the games. But there's uh, we've done a real good job as a content and a communications group to just really stay busy and uh, stay relevant, right? In these times, to try and provide as much content as we can to the Golden Knights fans. And I think, guys, you would know this too, uh, having been here before, Shane and I, but. There's such a uh, an appetite and an audience for anything involving the Golden Knights. You know, and we, you know, we do all these shows in whatever form it is. Um, there's an enormous appetite for it, which is great. You know, just how popular this team is and how much people love this team and care about it and follow it. Um, that makes it even more enjoyable. You know, look, this is this is a unique situation. If it's not the most unique one in the league, it's right up there. But you know, I, every once in a while, I try to take a step back and, you know, they haven't even been playing games for, 
you know, three full years. I mean, they, you know what I mean? And here they are. It's incredible. It's unbelievable what they've been able to do. Uh, and I did my best to check out as many franchise and organization organizations <laughs> when I played. So uh, I got a lot of comparables. She's had, she's had a lot of stops on the tour, but that's <laughs> fine. You know, the old, there's two ways. That's, what's that line from that old country song? If the phone's not ringing, that's me. Well, the yeah. phone was ringing for shade in a lot of different places. So right. hey, it's somebody, right. somebody wanted you, right? Exactly. That's, that's right. right. If somebody right. didn't want you, then I'm glad somebody else did. <laughs> so I'm kind of curious. This is a good segue into maybe a question I have about how you, you guys broadcast has, has evolved maybe over the three years in terms of learning the audience. And, and maybe the first year, did you kind of learn, you know, maybe we're talking below people. They're a little more educated, you know, than, than maybe we give them credit for. And, and now some of the things, are you able to dive in a little deeper, you know, a little more analytical and, and understanding that the audience is going to kind of be right there with you or, or has the broadcast maybe stayed the same, you know, over the three years? I'd like to say it evolved. Um, you know what, that, but that's an interesting question because, you know, when David and I started, I think that was, that was one of the things we kind of debated a lot was, you know, how are we going to introduce it? And I think early on, there'd be a couple, but we said, we're not going to dumb it down. You know, I'm not going to go back to the basics, but there'd be certain instances, you know, puck over the glass. You would, you'd do a quick little snippet. Oh, puck goes over a glass. If it clears the glass without touching, that's two minutes for delay a game. Right. You know, you'd, you'd put it in subtly. Now we don't have to. So it's maybe evolved in that when, but at the beginning, no, we, I think that was something we really had, you know, a good conversation was, you know, we're going to call this. We, we'd both been in the game. Like basically it's all we know. There's not much else for either of us. So not qualified we're, for we're much gonna, else. We're gonna call what we know. <laughs> and uh the biggest thing for us, and Dave can maybe touch like we the first game we did in Vancouver that preseason, because we'd never worked together. And uh the chemistry was in you know, it, it, immediate. Yeah. Yeah, it was you know, a couple of things like Shane said, guys, it was um we had we go back to we've both like for just over three years now been out here. Before we came out here officially, we had broadcast meetings in New York City. The league had broadcast meetings and, and you know, it was a group of us that get together for dinner and how should we approach this? And Shane and I were pretty adamant that we weren't going to, we weren't going to, we didn't want to insult people that were watching it by dumbing it down. And, you know, little, we, we here's what we didn't want to do. Explain icing, explain right. offside. That was, I, you know, I think our point was in, you know, back up the calendar in 2017, just because you haven't had an NHL team doesn't mean you don't know the game or you don't love the game. You could watch, you could get the NHL package and watch every game every night. You know, this isn't like it was 30 years ago. So we made a, you know, really a concerted effort. Like Shane said, if it was a delay a game over the glass or a five minute major, you can, you know, you can score as many goals as you want on the power play, whatever, little things like that. But um, yeah, it probably has evolved a, a bit, I think. Uh, but to Shane's point about the instant chemistry, uh, there's no question about it. You know, we we knew each other because of our time in Boston. Right. Um, and then we would see each other because Shane went right into broadcasting with the Jets. But even then, you, you only would see each other kind of in passing a couple of times a year when the teams played against each other. Um, but it, it was instantaneous on the air, off the air. I, I tell people that at least for my money, one of the reasons it works as well as it does on the air is because of all the time we spend together when we're not on the air. I, I don't think you can fake that. I, I just don't think you can. And, um, you know, we're together a lot. Our families are close. 
you know, we're together all the time. So for better or worse. um, But I think that comes through on the air of, you know, just that, that mutual respect. And we decided early too, we were going to have a lot of fun with it, you know, not at the expense of the game, you know, it's always about the game, but over the course of a long season, (laughs) there's gotta be ways to have some fun. And I annoy Shane with my singing and that's fine, whatever it takes. But um, our rehearsals are the best. There's a reel out there. (laughs) Oh my goodness. uh, Cause I, I don't like to, I never used to rehearse. So I like going live when I was in Winnipeg, I taught coming in TV. I we do, I do a 13 minute live pregame show from between the benches while warmup was going on. So when Dave, our producer wants to, which I could see for timing, it's a little different structure. And I always get nervous if it's going too well, I'll, I got to do something to screw it up because I don't want re- a rehearsal. Can't be perfect. The rehearsal's got to have something wrong with it. Yeah. Because when you go live, it's, you know, the rehearsal is just basically for us for timing. So, yeah, that's where we, and it is, we have a blast, you know, there's got to be laughs. And then when it comes game time, that, that goes away because you're dialed in and, you know, you got to have fun around it. You can have, it's always a lot of fun when they're winning or having a good game. There's some games that aren't much fun, but. You can't leave it on the driving range, you know, so that, you know, that rehearsal, yeah, if there's we've we've encouraged the people at AT&T to keep an ongoing blooper reel because Lord knows there's plenty of material. I don't know if they've done that or not, um, but usually like, I, I guess it's usually me that'll screw it up. Well, Shane will screw it up. And like, what are you talking about? Like, well, what's what's going on here? You know, and we'll plow our way through it. But, uh, you know, usually there's maybe a couple of curse words, but that, that's all part of it. You know, so it's uh, but no, it's been and I think for us guys that. What's what I one of the big things I've taken out of the three years is just I'm so happy that people love the game and love the team as much as they do here. You know, you've got to keep that in mind. They've never had a a major league franchise here, never had an NHL franchise. Good on Bill Foley and good on the NHL that they were the first ones in the door. Um, But from not having a, you know, a, a team play any games three years ago, to all this, it's been beyond belief. Yeah, that was my draw to, to take this as hockey's been my life. It's uh, since I left home at 15, I have this is the first time, I guess, now that I've been out of a, a normal schedule, but uh, it is. And for, you know, whereas in Canada where hockey is everywhere and it's massive, to I wanted to bring that sport and I knew it would, I had the expectations, maybe I'm just such an optimist, I can be at times, that it was going to work in Vegas. I did not have even. I wasn't even remotely close to how massively mm. big it would work in Vegas. It's, it's been huge. And the response, the fans, the passion, as Dave's already mentioned, and you mentioned the teaching also, we've done the VGK university and, and, you know, I've done that with Misha Donskov and how much people enjoy that to learn the game and just regular questions everywhere you go. And now we got an American hockey league team. And for you guys who have been here, that's it's, who would have thought that? Not not only how how big the Golden Knights are, now all of a sudden we got the, the Henderson Silver Knights, uh, you know, coming in this year. No, it's a lot of exciting stuff going on here, and I think that's a great place to leave it, guys. Thanks so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Uh, my pleasure, guys. Do you need the home address to send the check or no? no? <laughs> I believe we're doing it over a Venmo now because oh, yeah. it's all electric. More All sanitary right. that. Well, we're modernized. If you could have the Venmo in my account by uh, in an hour, that'd be great. I'm just. Right. I just thought they were. They're like, are these two ever going to stop? 
<laughs> I'd, I'd like keep going. I got another hour and a half. I can keep going, but these guys talk for a living. No kidding. <laughs> hey, don't worry. We're the same way when we get together. Uh, well, thanks again, guys. Uh, thanks again to everyone who listened today. As a reminder, we are the Golden Edge Podcast. We're sponsored by the DeCaster Verde Law Group. We are presented by DoorDash, Sunday Ticket, and Favor, drinkafavor.com. Also check out all of Dave Shane and I's written work at reviewjournal.com. And of course, please rate, review, subscribe. Whatever you do to podcasts, you do this one. Also check out all these guys' great work. Like I said, they have pregame shows on the Golden Knights social media channels. They have shows on Fox Sports Radio now, and now they also have a podcast through the Golden Knights. Uh, for David Shane, I'm Ben Goats. That's Dave Gosher and Shane Knighty. Thanks so much for checking out the Golden Age podcast. We'll talk to you guys again real soon. Honor, loyalty, integrity. That's the legacy of our father who taught us to always be there for our community. And the reason why at DeCastleworthy Law Group, we will always treat you like family and do everything for you. Call us at 702-222-9999, 222-9999. Your case is our case. Your victory, our commitment. At the Castroverde Law Group, our motivation is you. They say a healthy gut means a healthy you. Favor apple cider vinegar shots, bottle this feeling into the convenience of a two-ounce shot. Better digestion, stronger immune system, and the lowering of blood sugar levels are just some of the benefits to shooting a daily favor shot. Their proprietary blends are raw and organic and mixed with other functional ingredients to create a better tasting experience. First-time shooters can go to drinkafavor.com. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.